All right, everybody, welcome back to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast. I'm Devin Davidson, your host. With me, as always, my co-hosts, Bruce Gunther and John Enns. Boys, how you doing? Good. A little sunburn, but other than that, not bad. Yeah, holy hell, it was hot this week. I'm doing mighty, oh, yeah. mighty fine. I try to stay indoors all the time, so I think I'm doing all right. We were driving down to Swift Current on, was that Friday? Or, well, I guess Beaver Flats, so close to Swift Current, but... It was 40 degrees Celsius on the highway. So we were just, we had lots of water, fingers crossed that nothing broke down because it was, uh, it was hot. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I, uh, sat in my swimming pool and went, went half lobster. I didn't go full lobster, but half lobster. <laughs> yeah. That picture you said was pretty good. Um, just living it up poolside. You bet. Oh man. All right. So this week, uh, we're doing our second Seattle expansion draft take, um, this week following up on the Honda West division. Of course, we're always going to follow up on the news like we always do. Um, I think I don't know if I mentioned you guys, I just kind of made the decision. We're going to skip over DFS picks this week because we've kind of beaten that horse to death. There's not really much more we can do with one series, (laughs) uh, unless you want to hear us guys talk about, um, how good Andre Vasilevsky is again, but probably not. So it's been like three weeks in a row. We could probably let it go. Yeah. We're going to let that one go now. So with that, uh, let's get to the hockey news. So June 30th, Jonathan Taze finally spoke publicly about his absence from, from the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, I guess he was diagnosed with chronic immune response syndrome. I think I think I have that right. Anyway, um, he doesn't really know what it is. The doctors don't really know what it is. It sounds like he was just stressed and his immune system was constantly fighting something. They don't know what. Um, he hopes to be ready for the start of next season, though, so that is some good news for the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm, I'm sure a welcome bit of news given what's going on around that team um, with the uh, sexual assault allegations and all sorts of things. So a bit of good news for that team. Good to see. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean... <clears throat> obviously he's, he's a big part of that team and I'm sure they'd like to have him back. Yeah. It'd be nice, nice to see him back on the ice too. Right. So when you, when you say chronic immune response syndrome, it doesn't sound very good. So if he can come through that and back on the ice, that's, that's a big thing. I think. Yeah. Did you guys see the video? I'm, I put it in the show notes here. So you'll see it eventually, but uh, you know, the interviewed him is a two minute clip. He, he kind of sounded rough. Like he sounded to me, like he'd been worn down, like he'd just been sick for a long time. He's kind of hoarse and just seemed low energy. I don't know. Did you guys see that video? Uh, no, I didn't watch it. No, I haven't watched it yet either. I'll uh, take a look at that after. But yeah, uh, look. I just wanted to say that those kind of injuries scare me a little bit. Um, just because there's no real way to uh, to treat them, so to say. Like you can't yeah. put a timetable really on anything and you, you just never know what's going to happen with those. Um, all I think about is like, uh, like even like Nolan Patrick's injuries that he's had the last few years, his constant migraines or everything else that, uh, that's kept him out for a good part of two, three years ever since yeah, the draft. So those are tough, right? Yeah. So, well, and for me, have, have any of us, Touched Nolan Patrick in fantasy drafts the last couple of seasons? I know I haven't. No, no I haven't either. Nope. So what are your thoughts on Jonathan Taze? Like, are you guys going to reach for him at any point in the draft next year? Or are you just kind of... If he's there in the late rounds, I will. I won't, I won't pick him as a high one, but if he's there in the later rounds, I will for sure. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with Bruce. I won't talk to him first thing or, or uh, even... 
mid tier, I wouldn't grab him, but late round, yeah, I think I'd take a chance there just in case he does come back and who knows? He he has He's the ability to play well. He's also one of those players well, so. that won't play unless he is 100% either, so. Too, he's got to feel it out too. So I, I'll, I'll see how it goes next year. I, I won't hesitate to grab him, um, but of course, yeah, it just depends on where, and it'll be mid to late rounds for me too. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, so kind of on that topic of discussion, there was um, a trade rumor or a trade announced this week. So July first, Victor Arvidsson uh, was dealt to the Los Angeles Kings for a. 2021 second round pick and a 2022 third round pick. Um, he's a guy that I'm, I've, I, don't, I don't know if he went uh, late in the draft last year. Like he was another one of those guys. He had some, a down year last year, down year the year before, um, but he has some upside, right? He, his best season to date was in 2018, 19. He had 48 points, 34 goals in 58 games played. So he was on pace for 68 points in an 82 game season. Um, he finds a new home in LA and I think there's some potential there. Uh, daily face off had him slotted next to, uh, Gabe Velarde and, um, Andreas Athanasiu on the second line, but I see him as a, as a really nice fit on the first line with Kopitar. What, what do you guys think of Arvidsson in that trade? He definitely gives LA more, more dynamic, right? I, I think you'll probably see him more on the second line than you will on the first line. I think that's why, they brought him in more for depth scoring because that's, well, LA didn't really have much scoring, period, right? So it's, but I think I think he'll be more of a de- more of a depth. I think you'll see him more on the second line, just to try and bring some more balance and give them some, give them more of a an offensive push rather than just pushing one line, which is basically all they were last year. Well, and I think that's it could be a good fit too. Like I like Gabe Velarde. There's potential there, and I think. Yeah. Athanasiu at times can be a dangerous player. So those three together might might make for a nice nice fit on that second mm-hmm. line. But I just think Kopitar is a great setup guy, right? He's a great passer. Um, it, you, it, Arvidsson can put the puck in the net when he's got a shot, right? So that could be a good fit there too. But he might move up and down lineup, right? He might end up on the third line. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I mean, I'm, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Bruce. So they got Byfield that's coming up too. So. That's right. They'll find a spot for him too. So, yeah, there was some talk that um, LA was going to potentially be in the Jack Eichel trade talks, and I, I'm curious if that happens still at some point. You know, if if he's your if he's your first or second line center next season too, like that, LA might turn around quickly, like New York did, right? P- possibly they could, but I don't think they will. I don't think they're ready yet to do that to go quite there yet. They're still missing some pieces, right? Like they don't have um, Shesterkin, like the Rangers have. They don't have some of those other pieces. They don't have an Adam Fox. Like they've got Doughty, but obviously he's kind of towards the the back nine of his career. So he would definitely be slower moving. But I kind of I like some of the pieces they have in LA. No, looks nice. All right, um, July second. Joel Erickson X signed an eight-year contract extension worth forty-two million dollars. That's a five point two five million dollar AAV. It was the first eight-year max deal in franchise history. Uh, came with a 10-team no-trade no clause taking effect in year four. Um, the Wild Center had 30 points, 19 goals, and 56 games this past season. That was a 44-point pace over 82 games. Uh, that was X fifth and most productive season to date. I think he looked really good. Bruce, you had followed the Wild fairly closely this year. 
I, I think he's coming into his own. He's a player that the Oilers were interested in in the draft. Um, but he looked good, especially, I think, in the playoffs, right? He showed some potential there. So should be interesting to see what he does next year. No, he, he yeah. sure did. Yeah, no, he sure did. It's coming together nicely. So, right. no, and it's good, good price points. Max length deal, can't argue with that. You know what? This this deal honestly made me feel better about the Nugent Hopkins. Like, I already felt pretty good about RNH's new contract extension. But when I saw Erickson Eck at 5.25, based on offensive output and I think Nuge might even be a little bit better on the face off. Like I, I really feel pretty good about it, even though Nuge is an older player. Um, I like the value in the Nuge contract more. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't know. John, what do you think? I agree with that one too. Um, don't get me wrong. Eric's an ex fantastic player. Um, money wise, I say it's, it's right. Um, but yeah, I just see Nuge as a more complete player than Eric's X. So, um, of course I'm always on the Nuge bandwagon. But uh, no, I like that uh, that deal for uh, for Minnesota there. Um, Eric's next a solid player, and at that price point, and to to lock him up for eight years, uh, I just think these guys are gonna start going up in value, and to get him locked in for eight years is good. Yeah, I well, to see him playing next to some guys like Karel Kaprizov or or Matsu Carello. Um, yep. I think you spent some time with Jordan Greenway and Marcus Foligno too, which was a productive line. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that's that's good for them. I mean, Minnesota is definitely more exciting to watch than they used to be. That's for sure. So, listeners, if you agree with our take on that contract versus Nugent Hopkins, let us know. Feel free to add us at Fantasy Hockey Axe. Um, a bit more news here from this week. So, July second, we talked about this before coming on air, on air here, John. The Oilers are reportedly the front runners for Duncan Keith. Um. What do you guys think about this? This is kind of, to me, this came out of left field. I, I have mixed feelings on it. Um, Bruce, you go ahead. Like, what What do you think? Uh, I think for Chicago, I think this is almost like a salary dump, right? So that's kind of what I see it as. So if they're, if he's making way for the Oilers, I would hope that there's something along that helps the impact of this, right? So I... I guess he's a, would be a, a good mid-pairing defenseman, right? So, I guess someone that could replace Oscar Kleffbaum, although his cap hit's slightly higher than Oscar's. But I don't know if I would give up that much for him. So it'll be interesting to see what goes back. So the rumor is it's Caleb Jones, which was my pick for in the Seattle draft. So I guess if you'd rather trade him away for Duncan Keith, I'd rather see that than to lose Jones in the draft for nothing. So okay, fair enough. Um... So we talked earlier too, and I said, "Well, in that same vein, why wouldn't if you if you're the Oilers, why wouldn't you go after Seth Jones yourself?" Because the article I read was Chicago is trying to acquire Caleb Jones because they want to go after Seth Jones and they feel that could help their case. Um, Chicago apparently is one of the teams that Seth Jones would like to go to. I just don't know why. Like, I think the Oilers could make room for him in the cap, right? Like we said, yeah, nurses due for a raise, but it's going to be maybe two and a half million dollars increase to get him up to 8 million bucks. Um, Oscar Clefbaum almost certainly is going to be on LTIR. You know, that's four and a quarter million dollars. Um, I, I think you can make it work. Why can't you do some cap gymnastics and try to bring in Seth Jones or, or do you even like Seth Jones? I don't know, but John, what do you think? I like Seth Jones a lot more than I like uh, Duncan Keith. No question. Um, <laughs> uh, I hate to say it. I've never really been a Duncan Keith guy. Um, 
He's never been one of my top defensemen. I don't know why. It's probably just the hair. I have this. I think it's way. the hair. That's it, John. Yeah, you, don't, you just don't like the hair. Nope. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I wouldn't be willing to give up anything good for him. Um, as for something like Strom coming back, that would really excite me. Um, I really like Dylan Strom as a player. Um, he lit it up in junior. Well, the the Erie Otters, Otters connection, right? Him and McDavid. Exactly. Um, but uh, no, I really like him as a player. And uh, last couple of years, he's really he's really stepped it up. He looked like kind of a bust at the start there, but uh, he's really picked his game up. And that I like a lot more than than just the Duncan Keith salary dump kind of deal. Well, and Dylan Strom, so I'm just on cap friendly right now. Um, he's only at three million bucks. He's an RFA in 2022. Yeah. So, you know, if you can make something work there to bring him back, I think that'd be a really good deal for the Oilers. I I don't know. I I like some of the things that Duncan Keith does. Like he apparently he's still in phenomenal shape, right? He's always had incredible VO2 results. His cardio is off the charts. Um, he's won three Stanley Cups and two gold medals, and like he he is a proven winner everywhere he's gone. And the only real benefit I can see of bringing him in at this point, especially at that cap hit, is to be a, a mentor to your young D that you've got coming along. But at what yeah. price point? Yeah, because he's going to be 38 in a week or two. So yeah. I don't know. Just to me, once you get up in that age group, I, I'm i not a fan. Um, like you said, with the Seth Jones thing, that would make me a lot more happy. Well, so would you make that deal then if Chicago retains some salary, which it doesn't sound like they're going to, but if they did and you got Strom back in the deal, would you give up Caleb Jones to make that work? Yes. Bruce, what do you think? I think so. I'd be comfortable with doing that. Like you and I had talked last week about when it, when it first came out, these rumors, you said, well, would you do it? And I said, well, if we can send him James Neal, sure. Like that's kind of a no brainer. <laughs> but you know, I, I don't know if that's, it sounds like they don't want Neil or Koskinen or any of those other garbage contracts, right? So, yeah. Well, if they're going after Seth Jones, that would make yeah. a ton of sense, right? They don't want to take any salary back because they want to allocate it to, allocate it to him, right? So, yeah. Well, and all this stuff has to happen fairly quick, right? Because um, I think, is it July 13th, the last day that uh, teams can ask players to waive their no trades or their no move clauses? Um, and then I think the list has to and be Keith has a full no movement clause. So yeah. they have to, they would have to protect them. Yeah. So this all has to come down before July 13th, basically. So we're, you know, a week and change away. So the next, the next little while here should be pretty interesting. Um, before we get too, too far down that path, let's move along here. Um, let's talk about the cup final a bit here because a lot has happened since the last in the last week here. Um, I'm I'm not gonna you know recap each game, but obviously Tampa's up three nothing. They've got they've got a commanding lead. I was uh, say Bruce, are you still picking uh, Montreal in seven? Absolutely. <laughs> you know what the the payout on that would be huge. I think it was like plus two thousand or plus it was it was it was a stupid number. Like if you could if you took the Habs in seven, it was a pretty good payout. Oh, might not, it is probably even higher well, now. There's only been one team that's actually ever come back from a three nothing deficit in the Stanley Cup final to win, and that was a a Leafs team from the 40s, I think it was. So, 
1942. Yep. They beat the. Uh, so I, I realized that I realized the chance is slim. Look, it could happen. Why not? I've been Montreal all the no, way through. It, it, why it could happen. It the, the Leafs beat the the Red Wings in 1942. I mean, it happened one time. It could happen again. Um, however unlikely, I mean, it might be worth looking at to go check the odds. Um, go check out Action Network or or even uh, Daily Faceoffs got those odds listed. I think. But if you were to put a hundred bucks on that game, just just to say like Habs and seven, the payout would be pretty substantial. So just be prepared to lose a hundred bucks. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so goaltending, Carey Price, he's he's got an eight thirty five save percentage in this series, a four point three nine goals against average, and a negative five point seven three goals saved above average. So he has been not good. It's not all on Carey. Like it's this is a team thing. Um, Tampa, the the Bolts have outscored the Habs in the series 14 to five through the first three games. So it's pretty much been complete dominance. Um, Vasilevsky on the other hand has got a 948 save percentage of 1.67 goals against average and a 3.92 goal saved uh, above average. So he's been very, very good. The, the, the lightning have been very good. Uh, I, I would not be surprised to see this series done tomorrow night in, uh, in Montreal, which is unfortunate. I hope not. John. I hope not as I well. See. I want my I want my uh, game five prediction to go. <laughs> I, I yeah. Well, you hate to see a sweep in the Cup final, right? That's just terrible for everyone. But yeah, I'm not convinced it's it goes five games at this point. And I, I don't even know what I said. I think I said Tampa and six, but this is this is getting silly, honestly. Yeah, um, the big thing is Vasilevsky, right? He's He's made saves, and some of the goals that Tampa Bay have scored on Price too. It's like were just ridiculous goals. Like how they were able to pull that off was just amazing on some of those. No, they're they're an incredible team. They they deserve to be where they are. Um, Pat Maroon is going to go for his third straight Stanley Cup, which is kind of crazy. So whoever he signs next season is going to the Stanley Cup final, apparently. Yeah, there was a joke on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it or not, but it was like, if you want to win the draft lottery, you sign Taylor <laughs> Hall. If you want to win the Stanley Cup, you yeah. sign Pat Maroon. <laughs> I still wouldn't sign him. Pat Maroon or Taylor Hall? Pat Maroon. I'd sign Hall. <laughs> yeah, we can hope. We can keep our fingers crossed, but I, I don't think he's coming oh, we back. We can sign him. We can put him back year. on Connor's wing. He can score 30 more goals. Yeah, I'd have no problem bringing him back to play with Connor. All right. Um, well, that's that. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. Um, oh, I guess the other thing I was going to mention too. It sounds like they're not bringing, they're not upping the number of fans in the Bell Center. They're going to be right? they, they, 3,500. Yeah, which is is too bad, right? Like, uh, I just thought they would have adjusted that for the Cup final, but yeah, mm-hmm. 3,500 in the stadium, 35,000 outside the stadium. So it's like yeah. That doesn't matter. Yeah. No COVID rules. COVID yeah, rules. Sorry. Yeah. Can't do it. That's another reason for me not to want the to the cup to be decided t- tomorrow. I'd rather have it go to a place that's going to be packed. Actually, yes, I agree. I love, I, I almost want Tampa just to throw the game tomorrow so they can go back to Tampa and have the building packed. Well, and that, yeah. And that was another, another thing that was going around too. Does Tampa give Montreal this game so they can win at home? Like, do you have enough confidence in your team that you'd be willing to, quote unquote, throw a game 
so that you can win it at home. They, Do you they take would, that chance. They would 100%. never openly admit it. They would never openly admit it, but I feel like they're confident enough that they could say, yeah, let's just throw a game and we'll, we'll take it in Tampa. Like I, I could see it. I, it wouldn't shock me. Cause they've, they've had anytime that Montreal has done something, they've had the answer for it. Right. So anytime Montreal has made a mistake, that puck's been in the back of the net. Right. And there's a few of those that Carey yeah. Price would definitely like back. There was a couple that squeaked through him that he would have definitely liked to have back, but. It just seems that no matter what Montreal did, they make a mistake in their own zone, and all of a sudden, boom, it's in the back of their net. Like it's well, and, and the Habs have been riding their success on yeah. on the back of Carey Price. Like they, if without Carey Price, this entire playoff run, they wouldn't be where they are, right? That's and and now he's he's kind of looked human through three games, and that's why they're down three nothing. So, yeah, should be interesting to see what happens. Um, let's, uh, I guess, maybe let's move on to. The actual expansion draft. Um, so this week we're doing the Honda West division. I'm not going to go through all the rules again. Um, if you missed it from last week, uh, you know, go ahead and listen to episode 13. We kind of go through some of the the rules and requirements of the expansion draft. If you're not familiar with them, they're also in the show notes as well on the episode page um, at fantasyhockeyhacks.com. Um, so take a look there if you need some information on on how the selection goes. Uh, there's also some expansion draft tools that we've utilized. So capfriendly.com and um, puckpedia.com both have great expansion draft tools. You can, you can utilize yourself if you want to go and play around with that. Uh, and so with that, we're going to get into it. The first team here is the Anaheim ducks. Um, so I've got them going four, four and one Bruce, John, what did you guys go? Same thing. I went seven, three and one. Okay. I went, I went four, four and one. So I think we're all, we're all different here, right? So I went Adam Henrique. Like I thought they were going to protect Silverberg, Raquel, Troy Terry, Isaac Lundstrom. Um, I think I'm missing a couple of players here. Sorry, guys. Uh, defenseman had Cam Fowler, Hampus Lindholm, and Josh Manson. And then uh, John Gibson and goal. So and at the end of the day, the pick I had here was for Adam Henrique. Uh, I just think he's a veteran center. He's got some leadership qualities. He's good in the faceoff dot at 55.4%. Um, he can play on the, on the PK and, uh, his cap hit is going to help Seattle get to the cap floor too. So I think he's got some, some good qualities. He's got some, some game left, um, three years remaining on his contract. So the term isn't awful. And he had 11 points in his final 20 games of the regular season. So I, I thought that he's got some, some good production there in the back half of the season and maybe in a new environment with, uh, some added responsibility, he could, he could do okay as well. But that's my pick, uh, guys. Bruce, what what did you think here for for Anaheim? So for me, I went seven three and one. Um, do you want me to rattle off who I protected and who I didn't? Or uh, if it was different than mine, yeah, you go ahead. Uh, differences was uh, in terms of protection. I had uh, Silverberg Kell. So I added uh, Sam Steele, Max Jones, and Isaac Lundstrom. And then the one I didn't protect was Hayden Flurry, which is my my pick for Seattle was Hayden Flurry. Okay. Good, good young defenseman with some pedigree, right? Yep. Yeah, they traded, so they got him in a trade from uh, uh, Carolina. 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 Yeah. But I just think they're willing to protect their. I just thought they'd be willing to protect their young forwards more, and I think 
after Henrik showing at the end of the season and is showing in the World Championships that they would probably decide to to keep him as opposed to trying to trade him or to, to let him go in the in the draft. Yeah, I, right, and that's why I went four, four, and one because I I liked Fowler, Lindholm, Manson, and Flurry. I, I I think Hayden Flurry's a young guy they want to try and hold on to if they can, but. Like, you know, we'll see what happens there. John, what did you do for your picks there? Uh, for mine, I went four, four, and one. Uh, for my protected forwards, I picked Raquel Lundstrom, uh, Max Jones, and Troy Terry. Uh, for defensemen, uh, Fowler, Lindholm, Manson, and uh, Flurry. Goalie, obviously, John Gibson. Um, mm-hmm. for my Seattle pick, I pick Sam Steele. Um, I just think he, he's a young guy. He's got some good upside to him. And um, also the reason I went 4-4-1 and one is just because I do think that uh, Anaheim values uh, Hayden Flurry quite a bit. And I think they really want to hold on to him. So yep. so I think we had to give up on some forwards there. And I just think that uh, Seattle will go after Sam Steele. Yeah, they've, they've got lots of guys at four that they're maybe not thrilled with, right? Like, so yeah, Sam Steele's one of them. That's one of those guys that hasn't really taken off maybe the way they hoped, but yeah, there's still upside there, right? Yeah, for sure. I uh, I was reading that they were not happy with his development. They thought he'd be a lot further along than he is. Um, but I think uh, a change in scenery could uh, could do him pretty well. Agreed. Okay. All right, let's move on to the Arizona Coyotes. I went 7-3-1, and one, so Clayton Keller, Phil Kessel, uh, Nick Schmaltz, Christian Dvorak, Lawson Kraus, Christian Fisher, and Connor Garland for forwards. On defense, I've got OEL, although, as we said last week, he's in lots of trade rumors, and he may get moved before the, uh, before the deadline for the expansion draft, but we'll see. So as of now, though, I've got him protected, along with Jacob Chikrin and uh, Nicholas Jarmelson. Uh, in goal, I've got Darcy Kemper. And then uh, for Seattle's pick, I said Aiden Hill or potentially Michael Bunting. But I, I just think Hill, he's he's 25. He's six foot six. He's on a cheap contract. He's got a career 909 save percentage with the Coyotes. Um, I, I know they've been a like an okay defensive team, but in general, they're not a very good club. And in his last 14 games played last year, he sported a 915 save percentage, a 273 goals against average, and a 2.70 uh, goal saved above average. So at worst, Aiden Hill would be a serviceable backup with potential to be a starter if somebody went down with injury. Um, or just with a better team in front of him, um, he, he may potentially do a bit better. But he's a big goaltender, right? And usually that's something the guys look for in their goaltenders is size. Um, Michael Bunting, he kind of had some, you know, some offensive flashes last year he had 13 points in 21 games down the stretch um ron francis just needs to decide what he's looking for right and if uh if that offensive outburst from bunting was was a flash in the pan or legitimate so um one thing i noticed he had a 26 percent shooting percentage michael bunting did so how much of that is inflated production how much of it is real hard to say but bruce uh what was your take on on anaheim or start on arizona uh, actually, much the same. So I, I had a couple of slightly different players protected than what you did, but in the end, the the choice for Seattle was the same. Well, I picked Aiden Hill because 
again, so look, he's, how many times has Kemper and Ranta been hurt, right? And he's come in and he's done he's done a good job for him, right? Coming in. He's usually been the third guy in the press box or down in the AHL and they gotta call him up. So he's he's not uh he's always coming in and not being completely prepared. So he's just kind of thrown in once they get hurt and he's done a great job. So I think in Seattle he's got a chance to he's got a chance to compete to be a starting goaltender there. Yeah, I think he could do well in Seattle. Uh, John, what'd you think? Uh, with my picks, I went seven, three, and one. Um, basically, same picks as you, just for a couple differences there. I had Tyler Pitlick in there instead of uh, Christian Fisher, and then I also had for defenseman Kyle Copobianco in there. Um, but in the end, my Seattle pick still Aiden Hill. Um, we're all kind of beating the same drum there. It's kind of like uh, the, they always say you can't teach size with goaltending. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, I, uh, I definitely a win there for for a guy that size. I think so, and should come in on a, a fairly reasonable contract too, right? I don't know. Let's go take a look here. Um, so he was at eight hundred thousand dollars. He's an RFA this year, actually. So they'll have a chance to negotiate with him in that uh, negotiation window. Is it between the 17th and the 21st? Somewhere in that range, right, guys? It's um, Yeah. But either way, I mean, he's not going to come in it, on a big contract. Yeah, it's not going up by a lot. No. No, he's a, he's a guy. He was a – I took a flyer on him just as a spot starter last year, right? I, I did, Bruce, I think you might have too once or twice uh, in our ESPN league. Yeah, I think I grabbed him a few times as a, as a excuse me as a spot starter. And and they were pushing down the stretch for the playoffs, so usually it was a like it was a good spot start. But okay, um, looks good there. Let's go to the uh, the Colorado Avalanche. This is an interesting one. They've got lots of decisions to make there in the off season. Um, for me, I went seven three and one. So Nathan McKinnon. Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landeskog. I do expect he's going to get signed before the expansion draft. I, I don't see them not protecting him or not signing him, right? That would shock me. Um, I've got them protecting Nazem Kadri, Burakovsky, Andre Burakovsky, Valerie Nishushkin, and Tyson Jost. On defense, Kale McCarr, who's an RFA, I expect they're going to get him signed as well. Uh, Samuel Gerard and Devin Taze. And in goal, I'm kind of I'm back and forth on this one, but I do think they'll protect Philip Grubauer. Um, I, I'm not totally convinced they sign him, but then you got to replace him if you don't sign him and protect him. So I don't think he it was. I don't think their second round exit was his fault last year, right? Like I think for the most year he was good. He was a Vezina Trophy finalist. Um, yeah. So at the end of the day, though, my my pick was Ryan Graves. Um, we can discuss him after, but uh, Bruce, what, what was your thoughts on the on, on Colorado? I had a excuse me. I had a real tough time with this one going through and looking at they get seven three and one or four, four and four. It's like so. My pick ended up being the same as yours, Ryan Graves. But I uh, I went through two or three different iterations of this. I had a at one time I had one of Colorado's forwards going, and then it's like well, in the end I went with. In the end, I went with Graves as a pick. So, because I think 
they're definitely going to get McCarr signed. But I think after what Vegas did to them in the playoffs, I think they may want to retool some of their defense. Yeah. Could be. They've got, they've got a good mobile defense. The problem is, is when they had to defend, it wasn't other than McCarr. There wasn't, they had trouble defending. So. Yeah. Uh, John, what'd you think? Um, I agree. Um, I had uh, the troubles with defense there, but uh, as for my protected list and my picks, it's the same as uh, same as Devin's there. Um, every player the same there: McKinnon, Ratnan, Lannis, Gog, Kadri, Burkowski, Nikushkin, and uh, Tyson Jost there. And uh, yeah, I said Ryan Graves as well. Uh, like I say, he's a big dude. Um. Six five two twenty. Yeah, he's a, he's a solid player, and he's he's not very old either. So I I always lean towards the young guys there. That's just just the way I am. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. If you can get some younger players with uh, youth and uh, energy, and and even just for durability's sake, right? And sometimes cheaper. Yep. Um, his Corsi and expected goals metrics were good with Colorado last year, and. I didn't know this, but he was actually the plus minus leader in the NHL in 2019, 2020. Ooh, so not that, that everyone loves plus minus, but I mean, that tells you something. If he was the top guy in the NHL, I mean, he, he was doing something right on the ice. Oh yeah. So yeah, no, I, I like Ryan Graves for Seattle. I think that would be a great pickup for them. Um, bolsters their top four on defense and gives them some size, right? Uh, with that, let's move on to the LA Kings. So again, I went seven, three, and one here. Anze Kopitar, Andreas Anthodisiu, Elias Anderson, Carl Grundstrom, Alex Iafalo, Adrian Kempe, and Trevor Moore were my picks at forward. On defense, I went Drew Doughty, obviously, uh, Matt Roy, and Sean Walker. And then in goal, I, I protected Cal Peterson, um, just based on age. And I think performance-wise last year, they were very, very similar. Um, quick is kind of past his prime, obviously, and, uh, he's a bit more expensive. So that was sort of an easy pick for me. Uh, at the end of the day, the pick for Seattle for me is Kale Clegg. Um, he's, he's a smart mobile defenseman. He's shown flashes of offensive ability, uh, particularly in junior, uh, according to Dauber prospects, his, his PNHLE projects him to be a second pairing defenseman. Uh, he was drafted in the second round overall in 2016. So that's my take on the Kings. Bruce, what'd you think? Uh, I had a tough time figuring out who, who to protect on this team. So I, I went seven, three and one, two. Actually, I think we had basically the same, the same. I uh, did some research, going through the athletic, their mock draft and just did some checking on their, like their prospects in general. And I kind of came up with the same, same picks with Kale Clegg as well. The Kings are the hardest for me in the whole division, honestly. Um, because they, they don't have a in, lot. In the division, yeah. Yeah, in, in that division. No. They just don't have a lot. So who do you protect and yeah, who not, do you expose? Yeah. Uh, John, what do you think? Um, I went a little different than you guys. I went with a 4-4-1. Four, four, and one. Uh, I love it. But l- like you say, um, they don't have a whole lot to pick from. It's uh, uh, unfortunate, but that's what made it difficult. I uh, was kind of running out of guys I wanted to to uh, protect. Protect. Yep. But uh, I ended up protecting uh, Anze Kopitar, Alex Iafalo, 
uh, Adrian Kempe and Andreas Athanasiu. And for defensemen, Drew Doughty, Sean Walker, uh, Matt Roy, and I went with Kale Clegg as well. Um, goalie, Cal Peterson. Like you say, he's younger. He's a lot less expensive. I don't think that Seattle will be interested in going for a quick anyways. So I think they're fairly safe with doing that. Um, but I, for my Seattle pick, went with Carl Grundstrom. Um, reason being, I think, um, LA has a lot more, I think they're holding Kale Clegg to a higher standard. Um, I think they really want to keep him. Um, like say in junior, he is a real big talent and I think they just feel that they need to unlock that. And so I just went off the board there and went with Carl Gunstrom. I, I don't disagree with that, actually, John. Like The the more I did some research on Kale Clegg, the more I kind of went, I, I like this kid. Like He might have some potential, and he might not be any more than a second-pairing two-way defenseman. And he, he might not be prolific at scoring, but um, he might be a kid you want to keep around. So I, I could see a situation, sure, where they went 4-4-1 four and, four and, and, and held on to him. Yeah, and that's one area where I have issues is I'm a big junior guy. So... I guess we all knew that before anyways, but I'm I'm high on junior players and uh, and what they bring to the table in junior. I always hope that transitions over to the NHL. Obviously, it doesn't always happen, but I always like to to hold those who do good in higher regard. And um, I think he's one guy who uh, could unlock his potential there. Yeah, he's got some pedigree, right? He I think he did play for Canada at the under-20s um, at one point in time, and, and he's... Yeah, he's been a pretty good offensive defenseman uh, during junior. So, um, be interesting to see what happens with him. So, with that, let's go to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, again, I went seven three and one. That was a pretty consistent theme for me throughout this whole thing. But uh, Kevin Fiala, Matt Zuccarello, Joel Eriksson, who again we just said they signed, uh, Marcus Foligno, Jordan Greenway, Ryan Hartman. And I've got Zach Parise here. Yeah, he's got a no movement clause. Whether or not he's going to waive that, I I seriously doubt it. Um, you know, he signed a big contract to be there for a long time. I, I'd be surprised if he wasn't protected. Uh, defenseman Ryan Suter again. He's got a, a no movement clause. Jared Spurgeon and Jonas Prodeen. Um, goalie protected. Capo Kakinen, and then so that leaves Matt Dumba as my pick for Seattle. And I think. Not to burst any bubbles here, but I think we all went with, with Matt Dumba, right? As our picks. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So you like you guys tell me, what do you what are your thoughts on Matt Dumba? Oh, I love him. I think he's a fantastic player. Um I know was it two years ago in our in our fantasy league there where we were kind of bickering back and forth if we wanted to trade him to each other or not, and you wouldn't we were, do it yet. We were pretty high on it. <laughs> 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 no, I just I, I just think, think he's a solid he's a solid guy. Solid solid guy, solid player. Well, and wasn't that the year? Like that was in seventeen eighteen, I think, when he had his big breakout year. Yeah, when I, I, think when so. I was when I was heckling you for him, you wouldn't yep. trade him to me. And I no. I was throwing a bunch of players at you too. Like I I was definitely gonna lose the trade, but I just needed a defenseman and you wouldn't do it. And nope. he he had fourteen goals and fifty points in that season which was just awesome. And then he came back the next year and he started off even better. Like he was at 0.69 points per game, 
uh, projected for 56 points. And then he had that pectoral tear, right? So I don't think he's quite been the same since. Um, he, he did get better again, I think, towards the end of this this past season, right? Like that's that was good to see. But uh, yeah, I think he'd be a great fit in Seattle. Um, I, I think it's kind of a no-brainer for them. Well, this is one of the teams that we'll see too that uh, could very much make a deal with Seattle. So they don't take Dumba, that they actually take somebody else, but we'll see what happens, right? Yeah, it could, right? That well, they they very well could want to hold on to him and, and make some sort of side deal. But as Vegas showed us, they might end up paying through the nose to protect a guy like Matt Dumba. And at the end of the They got burned last time, right? Yeah. So, so do you want to get burned again? Like I I don't know. You you, yeah. you might be better just to give him up and, and move on. Unfortunately. Well, and if they, they lose Dumba, they could give his cap hit to Kaprizov. So. Yeah, man, they got to get him signed. Honestly. It sounded like they were starting talks again here this week. Good. Good. Okay, so I guess we'll, we'll just move on from Minnesota then, guys. Is there anything else here you want to touch on? No. No, okay. I don't think so. Um, like I said, with my picks, I went 7-3-1. and one. And Matt Dumba's just the odd guy out there, as far as I yep. can tell. Yeah. Okay, so that uh, leads us to the San Jose Sharks. Um, some some difference here of opinion. I I went seven three and one. Uh, I went Logan Couture, Evander Kane, Timo Meyer, Thomas Hurdle, Kevin LeBanc, Ryan Donato, um, and Rudolph Balsers. Um, defenseman protected: Eric Carlson, Mark Edward Vlasic, and. Radim's uh, Radim Semek goalie protected Martin Jones just because you have to protect somebody and he's kind of the guy there right now, I guess. So, uh, which left Brent Burns exposed. Um, I kind of looked at it again from a through a cap lens. Um, I just think like he doesn't have a no movement clause, right? So Eric Carlson and Edward or um, Vlasic both have uh, no movement clauses, so you got to protect them and. You know, Simic was kind of the other guy that they they've got signed through till 2024. So protect him, and you expose Burns, and he's got an eight million dollar cap hit that goes until 2025. So for the next four years, I mean, you're clearing off a lot of cap space, and I think Seattle gets a guy that you know throughout the, the past five years has been one of the best, or if not the best, offensive defenseman in the NHL. Um, he consistently puts up. 300 shots on goal a season. He puts up 30 plus goals. He can, he can do all those things. I know the past year or two has not been so good, but the whole team has not been very good. And I think you send like Brent Burns would immediately become the best defenseman for the Seattle Kraken uh, for the upcoming season. So that's my take on it guys. Uh, what'd you think? Well, I went to, I went seven, three and one as well. So uh, I protected Kutcher, Kane, Timo Meyer, Hurdle, LeBanc, uh, Matt Nieto and, it really doesn't matter. You pick any. I had Jonathan Dolly mostly because of his age. Um, for defense, I protected Carlson, Burns, and Vlasic. Goalie Jones, obviously. Um, but my pick for Seattle was uh, Ryan Donato. So he's kind of a bit of a. Tra- he's traveled a bit from. He found from Boston to Minnesota, from Minnesota to San Jose. He's. He's shown that he can play, but he hasn't. Uh, he didn't find his spot too much in 
in San Jose either. So at the end of the season, he was kind of playing on the fourth line, but he has shown that he has offensive upside. So, uh, and from what's left for talent, once you go through the protected, there isn't a, I don't think there's really much there. So that's why I think they went with uh, Donato. Well, they'll go with Donato. John? Um, I differed a little bit from you guys there. Um, other than my, my Seattle pick there, I went with, uh, Ryan Donato, same as Bruce there. Um, this is the team I had the hardest time with only because after I protected, sorry, I went the seven, three and one, uh, only after I protected, uh, Couture, Kane, Meyer and Hurdle, I really didn't have a clue on who else I would protect on that team. Um, I couldn't make a decision and I pretty much couldn't pick anybody after that. It would have been just throwing <laughs> names in there for fun. Um, for defensemen, Carlson, I put Brent Burns and Vlasic in there. Uh, but for goalie protection, I kind of changed it up a little bit. I went with uh, Joseph uh, Coronar only because Martin Jones, he's over 5 million bucks a season. And he has been absolute trash the last three years. <laughs> I, I know the team in front of him is not great, but uh, the guys put up below 900 save percentage for three years in a row, and that's just not good enough for a starting attendee. So, yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, that begs the question though: Is Seattle going to snag him up? I I don't know. If you'd love to see that go as a salary dump and just move on from his contract, right? Because yeah. he signed through through till 2024. Yeah. So it, that that was a little bit my approach with Burns, though, too. Like, I feel like Seattle would be very, very tempted to snap up Burns. Yeah. Even at eight million bucks. Like, and again, for four more years. But that's a guy that I've heard lots of good things about him just as a person. Like, he people like him in the dressing room. He can play on the ice, obviously. He's, I think that'd be a good pickup for them. And then for San Jose, you start thinking about what can we do with eight million dollars in our cap? Mm-hmm. You can go out and sign, uh, a pretty damn good defenseman and then you know maybe a, a middle six forward at you know at that price like i don't know just my thoughts but yeah fair sure. enough um yeah martin jones has not like if in redraft leagues just stay away just stay as far away from martin jones as you possibly can yep. now, don't even spot start the guy like he's been he's been that bad <laughs> you've got to be in a real pinch and he has to be on a heater for you to even think about starting martin jones yeah yeah, I, I think ever since he came to San Jose, he's just struggled a little bit. Yeah, I think he had one good year when they went to the playoffs in 17 against the Oilers. <laughs> yeah, something but, like uh, that. But after that, no, he has not been good for sure. Um, Okay, so this is our, our last team of the night here, guys. Unless you have anything else you want to talk about San Jose, but um, no? Okay. Uh, St. Louis, so... I went seven, three, and one. I've got Ryan O'Reilly, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, Braden Shen, David Perron, Oscar Sundquist, uh, Robert Thomas, and Jordan Cairo. At defense, Tory Krug, Justin Falk, Colton Pareko, and then Jordan Biddington in goal. Uh, ultimately, I went with Vince Dunn, and I think, yeah, we, we all went with Vince Dunn on this pick here, right? So uh, he's an excellent puck mover. He can play difficult minutes in the top four. He's got upside as well. He had 102 points. He was plus 22 in 267 games played so far in uh, 
in St. Louis. So he's a, he's a good young defenseman. He looked really good last year. Um, again, a good solid pick for Seattle. Their, their top four is going to look pretty good. I think there. What'd you guys think? Any, any differences in, in terms of guys protected? I, I don't know if I saw any differences. Okay. Yeah. Mine was the same as yours as well. Um, no, mine was exactly the same. I just yours. think again that Vince Dunn's the odd man out. Um, it'd be nice to. I think that uh, St. Louis would like to protect him, but they just won't be able to. So, um, like I say again, I, th- I just think he's the odd man out, and I think Seattle will pounce on that. Yeah, it's interesting because I think like Justin Falk before this past season might have been the odd man out there. Like. Right. He he played really well this year and but he's at six and a half million dollars and he signed until two thousand twenty seven. So yeah. If not for his performance this past season, they might have exposed him, kept Krug, Pareko, and Vince Dunn. Yeah. But funny, things change pretty quick over the course of a season, right? Very much so. Okay. Well guys, that's um that is the Honda West division. Um Anything else you guys want to add to it? Anything else you're hearing in the news this week that I may have forgotten that we touch on before uh, before we sign off? Not that I know of. Um, I was just going through my Twitter lately, and I haven't really seen anything out here that shocks me. So. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, well. Sorry, Bruce. No, I said I same as John. I said I haven't, I haven't heard anything. So. Fair enough. Okay. Well, then, with that, guys, we are going to sign off for the week. Um, Please follow us on uh, on Facebook or on Facebook on Twitter at FH Hacks on Instagram at Fantasy Hockey Hacks. Uh, visit our website uh, fantasyhockeyhacks.com. If you have any questions or suggestions for upcoming episodes, uh, please feel free to email us uh, at fantasyhockeyhacks at gmail.com. Uh, we love to listen and uh, you know interact with our, our listeners whenever we can. So please do uh, feel free to get in touch with us. And with that, uh, we'll get in touch with you guys, uh, or we'll talk to you next week. Um, I'm not sure, guys, where are we going next week? Are we going, uh, which division are we going to go with here next week? Got to figure that out here. Mm-hmm. So we've done uh, north and west. Are we going to go central or east? What do you guys want to do? Let's do central next. Central. Central? Okay. So there you go. There you have it. So next week we will cover the central division and uh, we look forward to doing that. So thank you everybody for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bruce, John, thanks a lot guys. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Good night. All right. Take care everybody.